0: KMT Vice Chair Andrew Xia on Monday held a press conference to discuss his recent 10-day visit to China. At the event, Xia said that officials from China's central government were paying special attention to cross-strait relations.
1: Critics from several political parties have blasted Xia for the visit, saying that he failed to bring up important matters about Taiwan's sovereignty or to protest China's military expansionism in the area.
2: After 10 days in China, KMT Vice Chair Andrew Xia held a press conference about his visit. He said that after conversations with Chinese officials, China was willing to gradually resume the import of banned
3: agricultural and fishery products. In meetings with central and local government officials, we conveyed the thoughts of Taiwanese fishers, of small and medium enterprises, and of Taiwanese residents in the mainland. They showed goodwill, and we received a proactive response from them. An expert on
2: national security says that China's show of goodwill is due to the KMT's good performance in last year's local elections. That has opened doors for utilizing the KMT as a tool to extend its reach in Taiwan, adopting measures similar to those under the Ma Yingzhiou administration. Those include things like offering support and enticements to work with China. Xia said the elections had nothing to do with the visit.
3: They paid attention to us because nobody wants a war. During our visit, we did not at all talk about the elections. We are not the ruling party. We can't solve problems. This time across the strait, even if we achieve consensus with them, we can't do anything unless we are in power." A think tank scholar that was part of the delegation said that China hoped to
2: see the KMT back in power. Reporters asked Xia about his meetings with Wang Huning, who is soon to be the chair of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, and with Song Tao, the head of China's Taiwan Affairs Office. They asked him whether he had defended Taiwan's sovereignty and pushed back against China's military threat. When I bring up the 1992
3: consensus in my mind, I see it as the version that says that there is one China with different interpretations of what China is. So there is no need for me to speak up about it. It's not like what some people say. They say the Republic of China does not have space to grow on the international stage. But I think that such claims are ignorant of the reality. Over there, we are guests. We went there for exchanges and dialogue. We didn't go there to argue. We put our differences aside. And any positions that we had to speak on, we spoke on very clearly.
1: Wang
3: Huning is the brains of communist China. He was behind the 1992 consensus and the one country, two systems models. His energy has been gradually exhausted. After the 20th National Congress, Xi Jinping ordered Wang Huning to formulate a new unification strategy for Taiwan. Andrew Xiao went to see Wang Huning. We think perhaps they went to rehearse the new script for the annexation of Taiwan. It looks like they were trying to spruce up China's image and endorsing its policies. The results of the visit are questionable. I think we shouldn't just look at what he said while he was there, but also what he didn't say. Xia said that both sides of the Strait
2: were looking for peace, giving rise to criticism that he failed to address the elephant in the room. DPP lawmakers have decried the visit, saying that Xia's motives for visiting China remain very unclear.
1: Taipei City Hall on Monday received a delegation from Shanghai, its sister city in China. The delegation included officials from China's Taiwan Affairs Office who discussed ways to boost exchanges with Taipei in sports, culture and tourism.
0: Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan-an was present at the meetings but had to leave before it ended giving rise to criticism from a counselor.
2: On Monday morning, a delegation from Shanghai was received at Taipei City Hall by Taipei Deputy Secretary General Wang Chiodong. The officials then held a meeting behind closed doors. Taipei Mayor Zhang Wan-an and the Deputy Chief of China's Taiwan Affairs Office in Shanghai Li Xiaodong exchanged gifts and posed for a photo together. But halfway through the meeting, Jiang left the venue. Reporters asked Jiang about his departure, but he did not speak on the matter. Taipei City Hall says preparations for the meeting with the Shanghai delegation had been going on since early in the
3: morning. The two sides held discussions on city-to-city exchanges in areas like culture, sports, and tourism. We discussed all of those matters. Mayor Jiang had to leave because he had a meeting to preside over on the 12th floor, a meeting about the 2023 National Indigenous Games. He had to be there. Wang shared what the two sides had discussed during the
2: meeting. The matters apparently did not include the fact that Shanghai will be hosting this year's Taipei-Shanghai Twin City Forum, or whether the forum will be held in person once again. What is known is that Deputy Taipei Mayor I-hua will be working on matters related to the event. One opposition city councilor voiced criticism over the KMT's handling
3: of city-to-city diplomacy. If these visits cause the KMT and Marriage Young to lose points, then don't invite them to come to Taipei. The most contradictory thing is that why do you have to leave halfway through your meeting with them? <laughs>
2: The Taiwan Affairs Office official spoke highly of Jiang. Look closely, and you'll notice he walked out of the meeting with a different face mask from the one he had worn on his way in. (laughs) He said that he was looking forward to coming again, marking the end of the delegation's three day Taiwan stay.
0: Taiwan on Monday further eased its mask mandate making masks optional in most indoor settings. That means masks are now only required in medical facilities and on public transportation.
1: At the CCC press conference on Monday, health officials commented on how they were finally seeing the faces of reporters they have spoken with for months. Let's hear how it went.
2: 今天是我們第二階段口罩解封的 Today is the second easing of the mask mandate as we had announced it would be on February 20th. I am very happy to come to the press conference and finally see the faces of partners we have worked together with for such a long time. I see quite a few of you have taken off your masks today. I think this is how it will be moving forward. We can't decide for ourselves. If you want to wear one, you wear one. And if you don't want to, you don't. It's all up to you.
1: Also on Monday, the CCC announced that starting March, Taiwan will stop offering free rapid test kits to inbound travelers and to close contacts of COVID patients. Officials say the change comes as current rules state that tests are only necessary when experiencing symptoms and tests are widely available in convenience stores. It also announced it will launch COVID antibody tests on 7,000 blood donations from January to June this year to see how the disease has has spread in the community. A new delivery room at a Zone maternity hospital promises to make childbirth more relaxed. The hospital has a new sensory delivery room with calming light and sound
0: effects. Doctors say it helps women in labor regulate their breathing and even reduces the experience of pain. They hope it will make childbirth a less daunting ordeal and encourage more women to have babies.
1: We spoke to one woman who has experienced the room. She says it made her second childbirth significantly less painful and faster.
2: The delivery room hums with gentle, relaxing music to soothe the mother in labor. She can also switch the ambient lighting and projection to a blue ocean theme with wave sounds for an even more tranquil atmosphere. This maternity hospital in Taichung has introduced a sensory delivery room designed to reduce the pain and anxiety of giving birth.
3: Using this system, the new mother will feel more emotionally stable. It can help with breathing. We know that in labor, we need some rhythmic breathing.
2: One of the new mothers who has experienced the room is Ms. Zhou. In her first labor, although she received anesthesia, she felt stressed, and the pain had a big impact on her emotionally. But in her second labor, in a sensory delivery room, she experienced much less pain, and the
3: delivery was faster. If the pain index is 10, I think it can bring it down to a level 5. Taiwan's population is shrinking. The hospital says that the pain of childbirth is one
2: reason many women are choosing not to have children. They hope this delivery room will make labor less intimidating.
3: The sound effects and lights have an effect on the brain, easing the nerves that respond to pain. So the level of pain and labor will decrease, while the woman's willingness to give birth will increase. The hospital says the relaxing effect of the system combined with anesthesia can help make labor an
2: easier and less arduous experience.
1: Water levels at reservoirs in Tainan are running low, with an orange alert expected to be issued next month.
0: Amid a lack of rain in the area, levels at the Tzenwan Reservoir stand at 23%, with Nanhua and Wutoushan at around 50%. The lack of rain has caused the pond in the Southern Taiwan Science Park to dry up completely killing all the fish that had been living in it. Some water rationing measures have been activated such as lower water pressure at night. Until rain comes authorities are asking locals to conserve water. Minister Without Portfolio John Dang on Monday accepted an interview where he discussed trade talks with the U.S. that took place in January. Dang said that while no agreement was yet reached on the export tariffs Both sides reached a consensus on many key issues that further progress is expected before the end of 2023.
1: One industry expert spoke optimistically, saying the talks were important for Taiwan's market share in the U.S. and that an agreement could be the basis for a future FTA.
3: Following a second round of talks on the Taiwan U.S. 21st century trade initiative held in January, Minister Without Portfolio John Dung accepted an interview during which he delivered some good news.
2: Both sides had a lot of questions over the course of the four-day meeting, and we were able to share quite a lot of ideas. Since it was a face-to-face meeting, we were able to establish a lot of the basic structure. So far, there has been noticeably good progress.
3: We've achieved consensus on a lot of issues. During four days of negotiations, both sides reached a strong consensus on issues including trade facilitation, legal issues, anti-corruption efforts, policies for small and medium enterprises, and regulations for the service industry. Issues that remain to be discussed include agricultural policies, digital trade, labor issues and environmental policies. Although no time or venue has been set for a follow-up meeting, Dung says that good progress is being made. He says the timeline for implementing the bilateral trade agreement may also be shorter than expected.
2: We will first report the main content of the meetings to the public. I'm confident we won't have any problems making headway on some things before year's end. This time around, we didn't talk about tax reduction. One reason for that is that U.S. President Joe Biden does not discuss tariff concessions with any country. Another reason is that Taiwan has really high taxes on some items. So I think it's good for both sides that we don't discuss tax at this point. The U.S. is the largest source of Taiwan's export orders, with about one-third of orders coming from the U.S. market. This type of agreement will be very helpful in consolidating the share of the U.S. market for Taiwanese products and related services. It can also be used as the basis for discussions on a future FTA. We hope that our exports to the U.S. can be treated like those of other WTO countries,
3: and that the issue of taxation of our investments in the U.S. can be appropriately solved. Industry in Taiwan maintains that the lowering of tariffs on exports to the U.S. is important to bilateral trade. While the issue has yet to be worked out, Deng says good progress is being made on an agreement.
1: U.S. lawmaker Ro Khanna, who is in Taiwan leading a delegation, on Monday spoke on the importance of Taiwanese semiconductors and on the need to strengthen ties with Silicon Valley.
0: Meanwhile, analysts said that there are still no clear plans for chip fab in Europe, but that fabs in Taiwan and Japan can already meet the demand for automotive chips in the short term.
3: Legislative UN Speaker Yoshi Quinn on Monday met with a delegation of cross-party U.S. lawmakers. Democratic Representative Ro Khanna, who led the delegation, revealed that he had met with TSMC founder Morris Chang. Kana said that the two discussed strengthening ties between Silicon Valley and Taiwan's semiconductor industry. Got to meet this morning uh, with uh, Dr. Uh, Morse Chang to discuss the semiconductor industry. I understand uh, very much the important economic ties between the United States and Taiwan, and we look forward to those ties continuing to strengthen. Khanna said that while the U.S. will invest 280 billion U.S. dollars into the industry through the CHIPS Act, he was also concerned about Taiwan's leading technology and the U.S.-Taiwan supply chain. With heightened U.S.-China tensions due to an alleged Chinese spy balloon over U.S. airspace, he did not cancel his trip to Taiwan out of concern that that would send the wrong message, he said. Taiwan's semiconductor sector has garnered international attention, not just in the US, but also in Europe. The EU has also expressed interest in the establishment of a TSMC plant in Europe, but the plan is reportedly to be delayed two years. Although there were two visits to Europe to probe the
2: matter, things are still under discussion. The construction of factories in various places has actually
3: put TSMC's management capabilities to the test. In finding a suitable timetable, we face a great challenge. The analyst says TSMC has no clear plans yet on a Europe plant, as the EU has no clear subsidy program for such a plant. Exacerbating the matter is the poor performance of the European economy, which may impact the growth of the EV car market. The whole global economy
2: is in a slump, and then there's inflation. This is impacting demand for EVs.
3: Chip production in Japan and Taiwan should be able to meet demand. With demand for vehicles low, fabs in Japan and Taiwan that produce chips for cars are expected to generate enough output for global demand in the short term. Whether Europe gets its own TSMC plant in two years remains to be seen.
1: President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday sat down with the heads of eight industry groups at the presidential office who offered some opinions on Taiwan's economic policies.
0: One matter of discussion was the carbon tax, which is set to begin in the near future. Let's hear from the president. Transitioning to net-zero
2: emissions is necessary for our industry to retain international competitiveness. We will start with big enterprises and then smaller ones so that big companies can lead smaller ones in the process. It will be a gradual transition to minimize any impact on small and medium enterprises. Small and medium enterprises have voiced concern about government regulations. The government understands these concerns fully and will actively work with everyone to address them.
0: In January this year, the Legislative Union passed a bill to address climate change, which incorporates government goals to achieve net-zero carbon emissions by 2050. Carbon taxes are part of that plan and will be levied in two stages. The first part of the plan will tax companies that emit more than 25,000 tons of CO2 every year, That will mainly affect industries such as the steel, semiconductors, and cement industries. Taiwan's about to celebrate its first-ever Circus Arts Festival. The 2023 Focasa Festival runs in Tainan from February 22nd to the 28th.
1: It's the biggest celebration of circus arts ever held in the country. Circus troops from all over the world will perform over 150 shows, from giant Ferris wheels to intricate acrobatics, These are all surprise galore for visitors all week.
2: A group of dexterous performers warm up the stage for a show that's about to begin. A performer on stilts hands out balloons with glee. Tainan Shui Jiao She Cultural Park has turned into a circus village and is soon to host a groundbreaking circus arts festival.
3: Here
4: at Shui Jiao Shi, it feels like arriving in a foreign country. So that's why we put this first festival here in Tainan.
2: Mayor of Tainan, Huang Weizhe, was at the park to support the launch, urging young and old to come to Tainan to enjoy this special opportunity.
4: Starting from before 228 Peace Memorial Day, on February 22nd we have Taiwan's first circus arts festival. It's going to be born in Tainan.
2: The festival aims to bring circus arts into daily life. The highlight is a giant circus tent where audiences will be thrilled by 18 shows from eight circus troops. They hail from Taiwan, France, Australia, and Cambodia. Outside the tent, Fokasa Village will be full of surprises to explore, with 14 troops performing all day long. The jaw-dropping Ferris wheel might be the most spectacular, but there will be plenty of thrills of all sizes for all the family to enjoy.
0: It's been 25 years since the versatile pop, vocalist, and songwriter Zhang Sen passed away. Also known as Tom Chang, or just the music magician, Chang left an indelible mark on the Taiwan's music scene before passing away at the age of just 31.
1: Now a major exhibition in Taipei commemorates his life and work. The exhibition at Taipei Music Center gives visitors an insight not just into Chang's musical legacy, but also his
0: personal life. It will be capped with a major concert bringing together many of Chang's contemporaries and later generations who have followed in his footsteps.
2: A clear soprano voice rings out, taking visitors straight down memory lane. Many parents have brought their children here to listen to classic songs from the youth. Taipei Music Center has commissioned this special exhibition to mark the 25th anniversary of Zhang Yuseng's death. The exhibition theme, Fly Me to the Moon and Back, references one of his best loved songs.
1: Not
4: It's not just viewing these things, it's about getting to know Zhang Yuxing again, or let's say commemorating him. I think we can see so much warmth and so many traces of him left behind. God was good to him and a bit unfair to us, because 25 years have passed and those of us who are old have gotten older. But he always has the same image.
2: The exhibition reveals many sides to Zhang that the public might not be so familiar with. There are youthful photos from his university graduation, as well as a letter he wrote his father, asking for 1,000 NT so he could buy a new pair of glasses. Taipei Music Center will host a concert in March, featuring many artists of different generations united in music to pay tribute to Zhang.
1: It's very
4: difficult to gather everyone together, actually. For this concert, the most important thing is to pay our respects to Zhang Yusheng and pay our respects to that era, which gave us so much energy.
2: The concert will be a who's who of Taiwanese pop. The musical director is Huang Yunling, chair of Taipei Music Center. From Zhang's contemporaries, his former bandmate Eric Chen and the musical theatre director Liang Zhimin. Younger generations are represented by Chia Chen and Waybird. Some of Zhang's classic songs will be covered by Trash, erstwhile Golden Memory nominees for Best Musical Group, as well as Mando Pop band Men Envy Children.